This is called election interference and yet another attempt to rig and steal a presidential election. More importantly, it's a political persecution like something straight out of a fascist or a communist nation. This day will go down in infamy and Joe Biden will forever be remembered as not only the most corrupt president in the history of our country, but perhaps the president who together with a band of his closest thugs, misfits and Marxists tried to destroy American democracy. But they will fail and we will win bigger and better than ever before. It's the Irishman in America podcast on a week when I don't know if our listeners have been as excited to hear from you, Marion, as they are this week. First things first, can you catch us up on where we are right now in relation to this, the second indictment of Donald Trump? Well, well, there's a, there's a question and a half. Okay, so I've just literally left Miami. I assume there was a lot of it shown on TV, but I don't think you almost had to be there to capture the insanity of it. Like a number of insane things happened in Miami this week, including Conor McGregor punching out a mascot and sending him to the hospital in in the in the NBA playoffs, which I'm sure you were watching. <laughs> but but you know, and and that that for a lot of people was a bigger outrage than, than Donald Trump appearing <laughs> in, in a federal court. Quite frankly, but but um, they both I think left Miami quite chastised uh, for, for for different reasons. Um, it was. So so ridiculous and so overheated down there. And, you know, there are a couple of things about this. First of all, you can't, there are aspects of this that are are so bizarre in that you couldn't make it up. Where is Jesse Armstrong when you need him? But it's also a huge American tragedy. It's a tragedy that an American president appears in court as he did, that he's the first American president in the history of America to be charged with a federal offence. And this isn't money fiddling, grubby money, funny money payoffs to porn stars. This could not be more serious. This is America's national security secrets. This is America's nuclear secrets. It's the secrets of their allies. And it's America's vulnerabilities to attacks by foreign enemies and how they would respond. It doesn't get more serious than that. And for Donald Trump to have, as he claimed now in, in, in Bedminster, you know, lumped them in with his, his shirts and his shoes and various other places. And and just the risks he took with American, um, you know, America, every American safety and security and his indifference and his defiance and his his attitude of vengeance and fury because somebody dared to question him and somebody dared to say enough you know this this, this you cannot keep doing this kind of thing well marion i've got a lot of i've got a lot of things i need to get off my chest on this because i think one of the biggest tragedies is that we're still talking about this guy you know yeah, he absolutely. lost the election feck off that's it you're done if you're only. out that's it if only but yet we're still talking about him i don't know if anybody's surprised that this is what he did with these documents given that we knew that he was flushing documents down the toilet and the way he behaved over the last four years i mean surely leaving the white house there should have been greater care taken that what was leaving was correct is there anyone raising any questions about how was he allowed to take this stuff out how was there nobody there checking what's in those boxes why are you taking those boxes 
Well, you see, I and I think this really goes to the, the, the core of, of why Jack Smith has gone after him under the Espionage Act, because Donald Trump d- concealed a lot of the stuff that he took. He didn't tell people he was taking this. He, uh, By his own admission, it was put in with, you know, other stuff, with, with items, with boxes of clothing, with boxes of photographs, old newspaper cuttings. It seems that he very deliberately concealed some of this, and that, that seems to have the indictment very strongly suggests, and then he misled people. He even misled his own lawyers after trying to get his lawyer, Everett Corcoran, to lie on his behalf about this. Uh, he tried to get his valet, who's now been co-indicted, the, you know, and, and you have to feel some sympathy mm. for this poor chap who could be facing 20 years in prison and didn't even have a lawyer who could represent him in Florida. His, his arraignment had to be postponed by two weeks while they find somebody in Florida who will go into court for him. Um, you know, and, and so I the fact that he was then told to take them out and get rid of them before Evan Corcoran could go in and look. And, and, you know, and the thing with this indictment, as we said before, it is nailed down in a way I've never seen an indictment nailed down. Every allegation is nailed down with with evidence that is so strong. You know, you have transcripts of tapes, you have photographs, you have conversations, you have texts and phones. I've never seen a case um, like this. And I think Jack Smith really did... um, you know, go beyond and and way beyond. And I think when it's a president, you do need to do that. You don't bring a frivolous charge again. You know, there's no point. Okay, I want to ask this question seriously, Marion. Okay. He took the boxes. They asked for the boxes back. He could have got out of this. Like, it might be the dumbest crime in the history of America. They, They gave you a chance to not be charged with the crime. Instead, he said, no, I didn't. I didn't take them. They're like, you can give them back now. We know you have them. Give them back and we'll all walk away happy as Larry. He he doesn't take that opportunity. They have to raid the place to get them back. Now, look, Marion, they've got them back. Okay, we knew that this is a kind of anarchist kind of just you just wants to kind of turn the world up on its head. You got your boxes back. It surely there's the opportunity there to just walk away. Instead of propping him back up on a pedestal for him to go, look how they're out to get me. I do see where you're coming from on this. And it was suggested as well. Why not just fine him? Um, And I think that's okay. Well, a couple of things here. First off, I do not think you can let Donald Trump or any president or anyone get away with this because this wasn't just a couple of boxes. And and this is what Trump keeps saying. They're my boxes. They're my boxes. I have my shoes in them. I have my shirts in them. You know, I mean, he deliberately took these documents. He knew because we have him on tape saying when he was showing people US battle plans and maps drawn by, by Mark Milley. Um, oh, I shouldn't be showing you this. Whoa, look, <laughs> look at, at me. me. I'm you know, doing a yeah, crime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and and you cannot because you know what? I mean, it, it like it's so absurd. You think you, like it's again, you can't make this stuff up, but you cannot have a president. And as well, why did he take them? Now, it seems to everyone, it seems, and, and to obvious. me included, that it's his ego. It's that he's a child. He can't accept you're no off. longer the yeah. president. You you know, you have no right to this anymore. You have no right to any of this anymore because you are not the president. Because guess what? You actually did lose, even though you claim you didn't. Um, and that, but then one of the things that was said to me, and it came back to me, it was said to me by somebody who worked for Trump 
about a year and a half ago and he said it to me in passing and he said well of course you know he's talking about how Richard Nixon got millions for his papers and I suspect very much that maybe Donald Trump thought not that he's going to sell them to the Russians or send them to Kim Jong-un or any of that I really don't believe any of that um, but that maybe he thought hey, I, can, I can get money for these Nixon's family got 18 mm. or 20 million for theirs I'm going to I'm going to get money for yeah, this it'll be the biggest selling think, autobiography yeah. of all time it contains uh, this but, kind of stuff yeah but not even the autobiography that the Nixon's papers um, that the, the oh. US government eventually paid um, Nixon's family I I think it was around 2000, 18 or 20 million for papers that that they they wanted, and Nixon also apparently sold papers. Um, they they weren't national secrets, but um, because this was of course before the Presidential Records Act, and he did monetize some of his records. But the, that act came in very very clearly in 1981, and it was because of Nixon that that act came in. And so Trump does not have a leg to stand on. Now the thing about why not slap his wrist, give him a fine. They, they, the um, Department of Justice would happily do that. The last thing they want to do is to bring this damn case. If Trump would say, okay, you know what, I'm going to cop a plea here. You're right. Hands up, Gov. I did it. I shouldn't have done it. You've got them all back now. Okay, let, let's just shake on this and I'll write you a check. Um, I, they, but, but he would have to, first of all, and this is how the law works, and it is. it should be the same for everyone, in order to get a slap on the wrist, you have to enter a plea agreement. So you have to say, okay, you know what, I did mm. it, I'm sorry. And yeah. he and will not problem. do that. Yeah. He will not do that. And last year, his lawyers, Chris Kyes in particular, who is, he was the head of the Florida Bar. He's a good, solid lawyer. And he got a $3 million fee up front last year So he, in order to represent Trump. And I don't think he knew what was coming down the pipe even then when he, when he accepted it. But he pleaded with Trump to um you know to just go talk to the department just and he said they don't want to prosecute you they don't want to prosecute you they just want to come to an agreement and trump refused and another lawyer of his alex cannon did exactly the same thing cannon ended up walking away because trump would not listen to him because trump listens to these idiots like Bur boris epstein who God, I've met him a couple of times. The guy is an absolute moron. He was a friend of Eric Trump Jr.'s in college. Uh, I've never seen him, and this is not a libel. I've, well, I've only seen him a couple of times. I've never seen him sober. Um, and and uh, he is just an obnoxious, mouthy braggart. And he's in the Trump inner, inner circle because, strangely enough, Eric Trump, in, in the game of Trump children musical chairs, Eric Trump is very much at the top at the moment. Ivanka's out by her own choice, and, and Don Jr., well, who knows what, what what state he's in, but it it seems and and Boris Epstein is a very good friend of Eric Trump's, but he's a terrible lawyer and he's a he was at you know he was with Giuliani when the die was rolling down his face. He was on stage from that day. He's he he is the guy is an idiot and and, and, and you yet, think he's the one feeding him all of this? You know um, the, I, the arguments that he's he, making in public. Yeah. He and Tom Fitton, who is a judge with Judicial Watch, and I, I know that Fitton has been around quite a bit as well, and they're saying, no, no, Bill Clinton's sock drawer, Bill Clinton's sock drawer. They, they literally do not know what they're talking about. And Trump in, in Bedminster, when he started going about Clinton's sock drawer, immediately it was like you knew straight away that that's Boris Epstein, that's Tom Fitton. That's, that's, they're the clowns that are... And clearly they had told him about this the night before or something, you know, because it was fresh in his mind and you could see the way he was talking about it. He hadn't quite what grasped What about it. his sock drawer? 
Okay, well, what, what, well, you might ask. Bill Clinton's sock drawer, okay. Bill Clinton um, did an interview, a series of interviews with a historian called Taylor Branch. Now, they were for books that uh, Taylor Branch was going to write about the Clinton era and about, you know, the, the you know, just the, everything to do with the Clinton era, the administration, etc. Not the scandalous stuff, more about what, what the administration, from a historical perspective, had achieved. Uh, so Clinton had a several long, long chats with him because presidents love talking to historians, of course. And um, Taylor Branch walked away with 17 tapes with, you know, of conversations with Clinton. And Clinton kept copies as well. And they were shoved in a drawer. Okay. Now, the big, big difference here is that Clinton had these conversations as part of a book that was being written. So he was talking to a historian for historical records. There was nothing in that conversation that belonged to the American people. There were no documents, much less classified documents. He spoke to Taylor Branch and he spoke to him about decisions he made, you know, what what influenced him about going into Bosnia, how he regretted not going into Rwanda, stuff like that. So it was a very general, you know, series of conversations um, for the public record. Okay. So a, a, a group in, in um, Washington, D.C., was it Judicial Watch or was it another one, sued to get the, the records. They said they, that they Amer- they're entitled to those tapes. And the court said, uh, no, you're not. Those tapes belong to Taylor Branch, the historian, the guy who's writing the book who interviewed Bill Clinton. They're his tapes. They're not your tapes. You've got no right to them. And that was that case. So and the fact, <laughs> and it doesn't matter if he kept them in the sock drawer, the deep freeze or the cold scuttle. Like, it, it just doesn't matter. Mm. You know, the fact is that nobody had any right to those tapes except for Bill Clinton and Taylor Branch, the historian. So and he's that, now yeah. using this as an example of another yeah, because, former president who held on to things that he yeah. shouldn't. And, you know, clearly you can see what's happening. They're all over dinner chewing burgers or whatever, and they're talking nonsense. And, and you know, somebody like Epstein or Fitton go, well, Clinton did this. And then Trump, you know, half digests it, half chews it, and then spits it out of Westminster or Bedminster, I should say, um, the following night. And he's going, you know, Bill Clinton's sock drawer. And you, it's clear that he has no idea what he's mm. talking about. I had every right to have these documents. The crucial legal precedent is laid out in the most important case ever on this subject known as the Clinton Sox case. You know what that means? After leaving the White House, Bill Clinton kept 79 audio tapes in his sock drawer. They included discussions of U.S. military involvement in Haiti, discussions of U.S. foreign policy, both defense and offense, against Cuba. Recordings of President Clinton's conversations with all of the many foreign leaders at the time. Think of that. Sensitive facts about trade negotiations taken from presidential briefings. Discussions with the Secretary of State about conflict in Bosnia and much, much more. Very big stuff. Not only was Bill Clinton never even considered for criminal prosecution based on the tapes he took, but when he was sued for them, he won the case. So, well, yeah. let me put this to you then. Like, sure. The analogy I've been using is if you have a delinquent child in a school and you eventually manage to expel them, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're out. <laughs> Just move on with the school next. Let's get back that's, that's, to school. That's a novel one. Okay. Yeah, and now, I like it. But I like here's it. what's happening is that the 
the business teacher is going, you know, he that little bollocks uh, cheated on his exams, you know, and we should haul him back in here to talk to him about what he did in that exam. Okay. And now, this little uh, brat is like, oh, yeah, bring me back in. I'll say all sorts of shit about this school that you co- that you're so-called school. Now, you can dress this up whatever way you like. OK, you're giving him exactly what he wants is more time on stage in front of you know the auditorium of kids who he nearly caused to burn down the school that you know really going well you know he took some basketballs from the the equipment closet we need them back he said he didn't have them look we got them back now but we're going to bring him back in anyway even though He's really struggling for airtime at the moment. Marion, two weeks ago, we said this brat is on the way out and the, the whole the whole act is getting very played out. The polls were showing it. The crowd numbers were showing it. But now he's back in business because of some stuff that they got back. I mean, really and truly, it seems like a massive bureaucratic mistake just because of the sentence no man is above the law i really see where you're coming from and having said that i would disagree a thousand percent okay Okay, let me tell you where your analogy in my view falls down okay so you have the little school thug who you know as you say steals the basketballs the difference is he gets expelled he's kicked out okay this thug might be coming back and this time he won't just steal the basketballs He'll steal the computers. He'll steal the whatever else the hell he wants. He'll kick all those kids around the yard three times this time for sport. He'll beat the crap out of whoever he wants to because he'll think I got away with it the last time. And then you have to take me back. And now, by God, you're all going to pay. And that is where the analogy falls down, because look, at it's not like he's gone. If he were gone, if he weren't running again. You know, I'd be inclined to agree and go, oh, you know what? He's gone. Good riddance. Mm. But he isn't gone. Mm. He's, he's like yeah. the shark in the water. He's and yeah, and, that, and that's where and I'd extend the yeah. analogy that the whole reason this kid got in the school is because of the backwards arse bullshit for an admission system that this country has. Like, Marianne, I thought about it during the week. I was just running along, shaking my head, going, we still talking about this guy. I know, I know. didn't win the popular vote. Like, who's never won an election. Never. I mean, he won the Electoral College, and that is the system. So he but did win by the system. <laughs> this is, and the problem, this is exactly, the problem is the system. The problem is a system that is gamed against huge sectors of the mm-hmm. American population. The system that is games that is rigged i mean donald trump talks about it being rigged and he is right to it but not in the way he's saying it's rigged it's rigged to keep white power in small red states and to keep small red states with a couple of people living in them who produce nothing who add nothing to the federal budget who just take from the woodpile to keep those people invested with an enormous and disproportionate amount of power and you know and it it is it, i i agree at that well, and, the, you know, the Democrats should have years ago and, and conscientious Republicans and just people who, who intellectually see the dishonesty of the Electoral College, they should all have said, look, this this has 
its purpose was always to disenfranchise people, but it really has lost, you know, it, that was its purpose when women couldn't vote and when we all had slaves. And even then we knew it was about disenfranchising. Mm. We cannot have it today. Yeah. It is completely incompatible. But look, I, I, I think just to get back to Trump, I, I believe very strongly that even though America is going to pay an enormous price for this and is already paying an enormous price for it, that they are doing the right thing. Because if you don't hold people to account, and like I said, it's not like he made off with the silver as the White House. It's not like he made off with a couple of old oil paintings that nobody wanted. This goes beyond, you know, th this mm. is, as it I was said, a dangerous act. Yeah. It was reckless and criminal and dangerous. It was all of the things, you know, um, reality winner. Was that her name? She, she was sent to prison for five years for one document. An Air Force guy um, a couple of weeks ago, I think we spoke about him last week. I can't remember his name now, but he was sent. He's in prison now for, I think, two or three documents. Even Sandy Berger, Clinton's guy, who took two documents out, had to do community service, had to pay a massive fine um, and, and got probation. And you know, these were for documents that were nothing like as serious. And, and the irony so, of it being that yeah. he believes that he should have been allowed to do this because he should be allowed to do anything he wants because he was president. <laughs> the well, irony you know, being the Joe thing. Biden should be allowed to do whatever, whatever the fuck he wants <laughs> that he's well, president. Yeah, but by that standard. But you know, one of the, the new novel arguments that I heard down in Miami as well, and by God, I heard a lot of crazy stuff, but um, was that, well, look, Donald Trump is still the president because the election was stolen. So therefore, he is still the president even today. So yes, as president, he's oh. entitled to all of these classified documents. And in a crazy way, that's kind of what Donald Trump, that's where mm. his, the whole thing is coming from, that he believes that you know, not I, he knows he was beaten. He's not that stupid. But that he, you know, this fantasy, this refusal to admit that he was beaten, that he was kicked out of the White House. And it's like saying, well, if I go, I'm taking this with me. You know, mm, th these, yeah. these are staying with me. And that sort of surly, truculent defiance and and ego, basically. Mm. So well, it's, it's a mess. And, you know, Miami. But I will say one of the things I was encouraged by, Jarl, is, OK, there are so many people who are in Miami at this stage. And sadly for my sins, I know them on first name terms at this stage because they're the same people. There's Greg Donovan, there's Bruce Versalis, there's like I literally know these people by name because they turn up. They're Trump groupies. They're like the Beatles groupies back in the 60s, you know, a bunch of people who just follow them wherever they go. They turn up and they wear their ridiculous God love them outfits with their American flags turned into trousers and bikinis and what have you. And you know, and they go around and you know, you have Uncle Sam on the he was on a motorboard this time it's sort of one of those board things that move and he's singing puppet man about joe biden and you've got another guy who had a severed pig's head on a stick although he was this is osama Estrada, who's uh, he was cuban originally and he said that the trump supporters his words not mine were so stupid that they thought he was supporting trump even though he said anybody who's read lords of the flies knew exactly where he was coming from but they actually thought that this was something about joe biden that he was going around with a a, a pig severed head on a pike and and it's somehow an endorsement of trump you know i mean like it, it, the stuff that that was going on down there you couldn't make it up but i've seen it now i've seen the act too many times and it's just boring and as well encouragingly the crowds are getting smaller and smaller every time really now he had asked for he had demanded Trump, um, the first thing he did 20 minutes after the indictment was he put out the time, the place and the date it, to demand a protest, to go, OK, I'm going to be at this court three o'clock Tuesday. 
be there. Roger Stone came out and did a radio show. Same thing, get down there, everybody get to Miami, protest, protest, protest. Uh, the Miami police were saying, well, it'll be somewhere between 5,000 and 50,000. Now, that's a hell of a difference if you're talking yeah. about protesters. I found their attitude very laissez-faire, I have to say. But it turns out that they clearly knew something that we didn't because there were several hundred and that was it. That's this it. was no January 6th. And this was the same several hundred who were at the CPAC in in um, Maryland this year. They, you know, I recognize some of them from the NRA. They're the sad groupies who go around from state to state, and some of them are just, you, you know, they're not bad people. They're really not, but they're deluded and they're infatuated with Trump, and they get attention because when they turn up with the American flag wrapped around their head or turned into Christ knows what, they get people to come up to them with cameras and microphones and go, and why are you wearing, you know, why yeah, are you wearing a dead pig on your head? Yeah. And, why, and, and they are professional performers. Mm-hmm. They're like a, re, a fifth-rate troupe, you know, of, of, of street performers who, who just can't get, you know, a gig anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And, and some of them are genuinely to be pitied. But, uh, you know, and then Carrie Lake stand there, you know, I, I'm talking to Carrie Lake and she's she's talking about the woman who beat her, Katie, Katie Holmes, I believe her name was. I, again, I'm just trying to remember. Yeah. Who's now the governor of Florida. No, Katie Holmes is the actress. I beg yeah, your pardon. Tom Cruise's ex. Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs. <laughs> yes. She's not governor of Florida. Not last time I checked. Anyway, Tom Cruise. Dawson's ex. Creek. She might be the governor of Dawson's <laughs> Creek. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, Carrie Lake is standing there going, I won that election and she's a dud and she's a drip and she's yelling this in my face. I didn't even ask her. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I didn't even want to speak talking. to her. I'm like, get away from me, you lunatic. One of the first things you said to me when we first spoke in our first ever conversation, not on this podcast, but when we did an interview with you for Irishman Abroad was America's capacity to reinvent itself. Yeah. And I wondered and that, right. that this week. That mm-hmm. like, is this America like I, I sometimes it goes over my head when Joe Biden says a, a battle for the heart and mind and soul of the country. But it does nearly feel like this case and these cases are the trenches that this is. No, we will not accept this. And this is America reinventing itself as what it was before all this shit went went down. Am I wrong on that? No, I th- I think that that's pretty accurate, unfortunately. But look, I think that what may happen here, the only way that the Republican Party is going to pull back from this is if they are trounced in 2024, if they are absolutely unequivocally trounced and presumably and by that I mean if if Donald Trump is their candidate and it's interesting to me even that there are there is a slow hemorrhage away from Donald Trump you know Chris Christie last week sort of punctured the balloon a little bit as Chris Christie can do and you know he's another bit of a thug and a bully it takes one to know one really very Um, entertaining but he's a funnier one and he can be and Chris Christie has always been entertaining he's good value and he's a smart guy and you know what he's also a top-notch prosecutor so when he wants to lay out a case by god he knows how to go mm. about it and i th- i think that that is but we had you know even people in the senate like lisa murkowski to be fair to her senator from alaska republican she's always been pretty moderate and she's never been a trump fan ever not not even when trump was riding high in the polls she's always made her disdain from perfectly clear not in the way 
that Liz Cheney did, um, but but she wasn't in a position like Liz Cheney, who was of course in a in a key position in Congress and who who became part of the the commission to investigate Trump. But you know, Murkowski, Romney, of course, has. But but the the, the um, there are more and more Republicans who are coming out and saying, you know. We have to get over this guy. This cannot be us. Now, they're saying it because they're being beaten. They're saying it because it's a terrible look for the party of law and order that you've got one clown in Florida, DeSantis, who's kicking around American corporations like Disney. Um, and you've got the other clown then who's who's sticking American um, nuclear secrets in his frigging shoe drawer. You know, I mean, it's it's just it's just a bad look for law and order. It's a bad look for the party that's supposed to be strong on defense, strong on national security. And, and the, you know, the party that's the friend of corporate America, that they're two leading guys, you know, one's as bad as the other. And, mm. and neither of them seems to stand for what Republicans stood for. But Republicans have now become a party of white nationalism and that is what they are and it's a party that's you know about retrenchment and it's about hanging on to what they've got and by god you know nobody else is coming in here and taking it from us and they're a party of fear and they're they're you know and i really think that america there is a constituency for that but look the constituency that trump has they were always there before they just never bothered voting because they didn't you know what i mean they they, they didn't see anybody who spoke to him like Trump does and he is a cult figure and it is a cult of sorts And but I think they will turn up and vote for him again if he is the nominee they'll turn up for the primary but he's not going to get voters in sufficient numbers mm. to win and I think that he will drag the party down with him and I think maybe then when they get the fourth loss in a row that they might go uh, this really isn't working for us maybe. and change because they have to because otherwise they're going to go the way of the national party in South Africa mm. you know maybe, like, maybe four is a charm who, who yeah, knows we're, yeah. we're gonna find out it's obviously not the only news story in America this Indeed. week so many fascinating and really tragic stories including very odd case of Daniel Penny. You're aware of this uh, choke out on the subway in New York. We're going to talk about an That's awful right, lot yeah. more yeah. in the second half of the show. Of course, the indictment came in hot and fresh last week and we did a an early episode for you. Um, Marion has had a chance since then to have a look at exactly what's inside it. So maybe we'll have a, a breeze through what are the big takeaways from what's in this thing? What do we learn and what's the funniest stuff in it? You can hear it all over on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad where you get double size episodes every Friday. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? This is America. A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encouraged espionage against our people. Do you condemn any interference by Russia in the American election? By Russia or anybody else? Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our...